Welcome to In Conversation. I'm Diana Campos. In Conversation is a chance to eavesdrop as Dr. Michael Horswell, Dean of Florida Atlantic University's Dorothy F. Schmidt College of Arts and Letters, talks with faculty whose research and creative activities span the arts, humanities, and social sciences. Computer gaming, 3D animation, virtual reality. It's easy to take for granted that all of this technology has become part of our media landscape in the 21st century, yet we're still learning about it. One of the problems that we're working with is when you get VR motion sickness, a lot of people do. Chris Marathi, an assistant professor in Florida Atlantic University's School of Communication and Multimedia Studies. A lot of people put on the headset, and when they start moving around in VR, they feel nauseous. So that is a big problem with moving the technology forward and the experience of VR forward. Professor Marafi teaches multimedia production and studies issues associated with emerging technology. Currently, Marafi is developing an augmented reality program delving into the Civil War history of a South Carolina town. Ring them bells, chillin' ring them bells. Ring them bells, chillin' ring them bells. It was the first freedman's town during the Civil War, and freedmen was the name given to enslaved Africans who had been freed by the Union Army. All the structures are pretty much gone, and so we're going to recreate that all in 3D. Chris Marathi, also known as Topher, is our guest for this edition of In Conversation. Professor Marathi sat down with Dean Horswell in July of 2019. So thank you, Topher Marathi, for joining me to discuss your research. It's a pleasure to be here. I thought we could start out by hearing about your current area of research and creative work, what you've been working on lately. We have a lab down in Davie where we work on animation virtual reality, we call it extended reality, which includes virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality, spatial computing, all the kind of buzzwords of this new type of emerging technology that has been becoming popular in the last few years in games, in simulations, in film production. In this area that we teach classes as well as research, we're working with things like the new Magic Leap headset and game engines like Unity and Unreal, software like Autodesk Maya, which is a 3D animation program, and we put on motion capture suits and record actors uh, doing various movements and put them into everything from driving simulations to creating applications to show what a historical site was like. We do stuff with computer science where we're collaborating with some computer science faculty, things like driving simulations to find out what makes good drivers so that we can design autonomous vehicles that know what a good driver does and emulate that. There's a lot of different projects that we do across the arts as well as the sciences. My area of research and teaching in the program is very much in between computer science 
and the arts. In fact, my degrees are in computer science and the arts. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. So maybe you could help us understand exactly what is augmented reality. You know, we it's a, a term we're starting to hear more and more of, and I thought maybe you could walk us through what the experience of a person is who is using that technology today and maybe what it might look like in the future. Sure. Most people know the example of like Pokemon Go. You'd see people walking out in the park and they're staring at their phones and they're looking for something. And you can tell that they're looking for something in that environment. And so it's superimposing the media on top of what they're getting through the camera on their phone. It's just slapping it on top of it, but it makes it look like it's sitting in the environment to some degree. And so that's the traditional augmented reality application is a mobile phone where you see something on top of your camera feed and it looks like it's in that environment. There's a lot of new technology, which is sometimes called mixed reality or spatial computing, where it actually maps your environment. And that's actually done with headsets. So there are headsets like the Magic Leap headsets, a local company here who's headquartered in Plantation that we are partnering with that has a headset that when you put it on, you have to look around and you can see it mapping sort of like a wireframe mesh, a, a three-dimensional wireframe mesh over everything in your environment. And then it knows where you are and what's in your environment. And it can not only place things on top of what you see, but it also can place them behind things. So it can put a character, a three-dimensional animated character behind a chair or a desk and it can pop out and look at you because it knows where you are because you're wearing the headset. So it's a very powerful technology of mixing media with the real world. And we're working with that technology with the Magic Leap headsets, as well as we're working with virtual technology headsets where everything is replaced. So you're not actually seeing any of the real world, you're seeing a completely virtual world with virtual characters for games and other kinds of simulations. Hmm. And so in addition to games, what other kinds of impacts do you think this technology will have on the daily life of kind of your average person in the future? I, th I think it'll have a huge impact. We're already seeing uses outside of entertainment and games. That's obviously the, the sort of the first one that's been driving the technology, but people are also using them for simulations, medical simulations. If you're using something like spatial computing, where you can actually see the real world, then you can have data come up as you're looking at things in, in the real world. Or people are also using virtual reality for various kinds of simulations, training simulations, it could be a driving simulation or it could be flying an airplane. There are simulations for like military applications for police training in a situation where you're dealing with virtual characters and trying to de-escalate a situation or something like that. So there are a lot of applications and as this technology becomes cheaper where people can afford it, the VR headsets are now 
reasonably inexpensive commercial headsets are around two, three hundred dollars. And so that's within range of people to actually start experiencing this technology for games mostly. But researchers are also using them in the university environment. So I know you recently received the Janky Emerging Technologies Fund seed grant to advance some of your research, and you're working on a project in uh, South Carolina. I would love to hear more about that project. It sounds like a fascinating venture. Uh, It's for a historical site in South Carolina that is important in American history because it was the first freedman's town during the Civil War, even before the Emancipation Proclamation. And freedmen was the name given to enslaved Africans who had been freed by the Union Army during the Civil War. Where it's at is Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, but that's part of Beaufort County. And back in the day of the Civil War, it was called Port Royal. And this area was taken by the Union Army at the beginning of the war. So it was the first area in the South that the Union Army captured, and it was deep port that they could use to fight battles in Charleston and Savannah and other places around that area. All of the freed Africans were given a place to actually create their own town, and this they called Mitchellville after General Mitchell, who actually was in charge of the Union Army, but died a couple of months after he got there from yellow fever. What we're doing on the site is we want to use augmented reality. We're going to have a free application for your mobile phone where you can go to this site, which is called um, Mitchellville Heritage Park, Freedom Park. All the structures are pretty much gone, but we have photography. We have descriptions of what the site was like. And so we're going to recreate that all in 3D and place it in a game engine so that you can walk up with your phone and hold up your phone and see what the building structures were like, have three-dimensional characters that we use motion capture and actors to recreate famous personalities and other Gullah Geechee people that would have lived there and show their culture show the history of that site and also a lot of the other history and stories around that area that really aren't known. Yes, as you know, I'm from Beaufort, South Carolina, and I had never heard of Mitchellville growing up there. It was not something that was talked about or taught in our schools. And so I find your project so exciting because hopefully this will expand awareness of this amazing historic site and this incredible contribution to American history and culture to a much wider audience. There are a lot of stories there that that are not known that we want to tell, and they're being told more and more. We have a lot of interest in this story, and the way we're going to tell it is different than what you would normally see at any kind of historical site. And we're hoping to create a framework for using augmented reality to make history come alive at any site. And there's so many places where uh, the buildings are gone, and, and, uh, but we, we have some reference and record of what was there, and we can recreate that. And with the Magic Leap headsets, we're, we're going to do the 
the mobile app, which is going to be free, where you put on the Magic Leap headsets, and then you really get the immersive experience because it's mapping the environment. And we can have historical characters like Harriet Tubman. There's those stories. There's Robert Smalls. There are a lot of these stories which are not well-known. Um, maybe if you came from Beaufort, you might have heard of Robert Smalls, but a lot of people haven't. Mm. So we want to tell those stories, and we want to get it out there not only at Mitchellville, but we're going to do a website. Uh, we'll do a 360-type website where you can see what it's like, and you can click on things and get these stories. Mm. And then you can go to Mitchellville and see it in real 360 around you. That will be extremely engaging for all people who go up to visit the site and to, to experience that history. Having the historical figures, you know, walk up and, and start talking to you, so to speak, and within the technology seems such a powerful way for history to be told. Yes, it's a great research project. The hope is that this is going to be like being in a live play, mm. that you're in this augmented world and these characters are there and we're going to use actors to uh, record their movements and you know we have people that work in animation that uh, will be using the motion capture suits it'll look realistic they'll be able to talk to you you'll be able to dance with them we're working with people from theater arts we're working with computer scientists we've got history faculty as well as we've got preservation institutes from like the Mitchellville Preservation Project, the Penn Center, which is a very famous center for civil rights, as well as Reconstruction Beaufort, which is a research project being done by the city of Beaufort. Mayor Billy Kaiserling actually is sort of been working on that for 10 years, and it has a huge amount of resources locally there in the Beaufort area for a lot of these stories that he's put together and others at the Penn Center and at the Mitchellville Project have put together that we can create a script that will be able to have these different stations and you'll be able to see that history and not just the history of that one site but the history in general of that area because there's a lot of things that people would find interesting. Mm. Well, I can't wait to see the, the final product. It'll be exciting to follow your work. Is this a couple of years kind of project? Or? Yes. We're, we're just starting the pre-production designs. And it'll go through a pre-production phase mm. this year where we'll be testing out the technology as well as doing designs for what it's going to look like. And then we'll go through a prototyping phase and then we'll go through a production phase. So it's going to be a project that will take a few years to do because we want to do it in a full professional manner. It has to be realistic, but a lot of times when you do things mediated through some kind of technology, you actually have to increase it beyond what would be a normal amount to make you feel or experience it in the same way as you do in regular reality. When we're working with VR, one of the problems that we're working with is when you get VR motion sickness. A lot of people do. A lot of people put on the headset, and when they start moving around in VR, they feel nauseous. So that is a big problem 
with moving the technology forward and the experience of VR forward. And it definitely has to do with you being disconnected from your body. The experience when you're in VR so far in, in most applications has been to only show your hands. But you can't see the rest of your body. You can't see your legs. You don't see a body. And so a lot of people, if you actually start moving at all, there's a disconnect in your brain between what it's experiencing. It's not experiencing your body moving because you can't see it, but you feel it moving. So you get this disconnect and it creates this motion sickness. I get it. Everybody gets it. Mm. And so one of the big research questions going forward with this technology is how do we get beyond that? How do we get rid of that? How do we put the body in there so you're experiencing your body? It could be a virtual body, but you're still experiencing it in a way that says to your brain, my body's moving, and it understands it. One of my research interests is performatology, taking things from performing arts theory and putting it into virtual characters to make them more performative. What's fascinating about your research for me is how you're bringing together all these different disciplines to resolve these problems, to really meet these new challenges. And it's uh, so exciting. So it's exciting for me as the dean of the Dorothy Schmidt College of Arts and Letters to see our faculty working together across disciplines and then also joining with the sciences and engineering to address these issues. Yeah, I think it is the nature of this technology that you have to do that. It's actually a convergence of a lot of different technologies. And one of them is film, which also has lots of people working on in a lot of different areas of the arts. But there's always this technology side. Even with just straight historical film was always based on new technological breakthroughs. Mm. And so now we have digital technology and we have extended reality technologies. And that's bringing in the coding side of it, which wasn't really there before, but it's it's just another area of logics and science that sort of has to come into it. And so when we're working with this in our labs, we're artists, but we're technical artists, meaning that we have to do the design part of it, the art side of it, the aesthetic side of it, but we also have to be able to do the technical side of it, which involves coding and logics, and in some cases, actual engineering. So all of these things require that we wear lots of different hats, but a lot of other cases, we bring in the right people from other areas and work with them. So it's a very exciting area to be working in. You're always doing something new, Mm -hmm. and it's always pretty much breaking new ground in some way. Right. And I noticed that almost all of your projects seem to involve students of some sort. And I thought maybe you could comment on how you bring both undergraduate and graduate students into your research projects. I try to do that pretty much with every project I have. Because we're doing media, it's good for them to be actually working on real projects. So even at the undergraduate level, I try to get students involved with working on projects that are real-world projects, experiential learning, that they will get experience and credit, but they'll also be able to 
learn research techniques, like practical research techniques. We might be artists, but we still do research. And so I often have my um, undergrad students for the capstone of their, or the end of the course, the final project, a research poster that puts together all the things that they were doing on their projects. And it could be one big project that we're building over the whole semester and sort of encapsulate it in a research poster that we then put into research day at the end of the year, Mm. uh, some of the good ones. We have an MFA program, and our MFA students are already professionals in this area. So I get them involved in projects. So if we get a grant, I can actually then put that grant towards funding one of my MFA students, and then they can work on that project, and they get the credits, they get the experience, and also becomes something that they'll have on their resume when they go out back into the job world. That's fantastic. Well, I want to thank you for sharing your research and all this creative work that you are doing here at FAU uh, with us today. Uh, It's been really a fascinating conversation. Thank Thank you, Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Professor Chris Morafi and Dean Michael Horswell of FAU's Dorothy F. Schmidt College of Arts and Letters in conversation. Ring them bells, chillin' ring them bells. Ring them bells, chillin' ring them bells. Gee, this corn for free, we bring we peace and liberty. Ring them bells, chillin' ring them bells. The music you heard in our podcast opening was performed by Aunt Pearlie and the Gullah Kinfolk and recorded live at the Beaufort Gullah Festival. In Conversation is a production of Dr. Kevin Petrick and journalism students in FAU School of Communication and Multimedia Studies. These students include me, Diana Campos, and Amber Kelly, Max Maldonado, Yasmin Van Arkel, and Luke Finnamore. All of us thank you for listening, and we invite you to join us for another edition of In Conversation. Ring them bells, yeah, ring them, ring them bells. Yeah, ring them, ring them bells.